Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I've been a pastor many years and I've done lots of funerals. And now and then the daughter will come in and say, well, here's what mom wanted. She wants you to read these three scriptures and we've got to sing these three hymns at her funeral and she wants you to read this poem. That happens almost never. The great majority of people die and haven't prepared a thing. What I want us to do on this program is to ask the question, how should I prepare for death? Let's look and see how Jesus prepared for his death and then do the same. Let's pray. Father, we pray now in this half hour as, as we talk about the subject of death that you will get through to each person here that we need to be ready for that moment because it could happen in five minutes. Lord, speak to us by your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus did five things to prepare for his death. Number one, he accepted his death. Here's what he said in John chapter 12. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. I think that's Jesus' way of saying, okay, God, let's roll. I came to earth to die. Let's get this done. He accepted his death. Have you done that? I know someone who may be in his final days got a bad doctor's report, but he is doing so well. He's talking about his very possibly impending death, and he's praying with, I mean, and I said to him, you're doing this well. Not everybody does. So I, I was asked, would you, Pastor Brock, would you go visit this Christian lady in the hospital? She's dying. So I went over and here's a lady crumpled up on her hospital bed. And I said, well, Mrs. So-and-so, I've been asked to come pray for you. Oh yes, Pastor, pray, but God has healed me. I know I am healed. I said, okay, but just in case he decides to take you home. No, 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 I claim it. I have been already healed. And in a few days, she was dead. That's called denial. I'm afraid she went to one of these Christian churches that teach, if you believe something hard enough, it has to happen. No, it doesn't. Jesus died. Nothing was wrong with Jesus' faith. Jesus accepted his death. I mean, if there's any people on earth that shouldn't have to live in denial about death, it's Christians, because we know about the resurrection. If, if the doctor told me, Tom, you've got six months to live, I know what I would do. I would pray for healing. I would get the anointing with oil from the elders, James chapter five. And I would say, but God, if this is my time, I accept that. Let me share a very sad memory. I was 19 years old away at college, got the long distance phone call from mom. Uh, Tommy, dad's been getting dizzy, he's falling down, he's got a brain tumor. 
We don't know if it's malignant or benign. We won't know until the operation, basically, if this is going to kill him. So we all flew up to Mayo's clinic. Dad had the operation, and I'm on my toes. Okay, is he going to live or not? That was supposed to be the big uh, revelation from the surgery. Dad comes into the waiting room, and the, our, my family was sitting in a circle there, and we start talking, but nothing having to do with Dad's health. And finally, I said, well, Dad, what did the doctors find? And my older sister, Ruthann, looked at me like, shut up. And I learned at that point, we weren't going to talk about this. They gave Dad six months to a year to live. I found that out because I asked privately. But for a year, he lived over a year, but for a year, we didn't talk about this. It was dysfunctional. And I can, when, when Dad went into the hospital the last time, um, he did say to my brother and I, this may be it, so pray the Lord might heal me. But, you know, Christians, we should be able to talk about death. I, I, uh, I know a Christian lady, and she said her, her dad was a very stoic, Dutch Reformed Christian. When he discovered he was dying and only had six months, he, that's when he started sharing his faith. Accept the fact that you're going to die and then use it as an opportunity to witness. Don't be quiet. Jesus accepted his death. I heard a pastor say that when he does a funeral, he likes to go and look down into the casket and imagine himself in there, or his wife in there, or his children in there. To, because we need to come to grips with the fact we're really going to die. Um, once I called a mortician and I said, I have an idea for a sermon. Can I rent a coffin for Sunday morning? I'd like to do part of my sermon from the coffin. <laughs> And he said, we can't do that. The county health department would make us send the coffin back. You can't, well, okay, maybe it was a bad idea. But the intent was good. I was going to make the point from the coffin, we're all going to be in this someday. Have you accepted that? The first thing Jesus did was he accepted his death. Second thing Jesus did to prepare for death, he provided for his relatives. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, Mary, his mother, and John, his disciple, are standing in front of him, and he said, Mary, behold your son, John. John, behold your mother, Mary. And that was Jesus' way of providing a home for his mom before he died. So prepare for, uh, uh, provide for your relatives. I heard somebody say, well, it's, it's, it's not a good thing for a Christian to leave a will because you're showing you don't trust God to take care of your family. No, I, do you know that it says in 1 Timothy 5, he who does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Only place in the Bible that says you can be worse than an unbeliever, and that's someone who doesn't provide for his family. So I think it's okay to leave money or provide for your family in your will. But more than that, what I want to say is make sure you provide for your family spiritually. That's so much more important than providing for them financially. My dad came from a big Catholic family. There were 10 people in dad's family. I had lots of aunts and uncles. And years ago, uh, they started to die. And so I wrote them all a letter. 
and I, dear Aunt Joyce and Aunt, you know, Uncle, and, um, I just want to make sure we're all in heaven someday. And if you're not sure that your sins are forgiven through Christ and you're going to heaven, I sent them a little salvation booklet. Would you please all read this? And I sent that off to my eight or nine aunts and uncles. I don't think my mom was real thrilled with it. She was kind of nervous that I was doing this. I'm so glad I did it because they're all dead except one. So make sure you provide spiritually for your family. Third thing Jesus did to prepare for death. He left a memorial. If you go to Washington, D.C., you see the Washington's Memorial, Lincoln's Memorial, Jefferson Memorial. Do you know that Jesus left a memorial before he died? Do you know what it was? It was Holy Communion. Every time you take communion, you're memorializing his death for your sins. So I want to encourage you, leave a memorial. And that not so people can remember you, but so they can remember him. In other words, I, I hope you leave more money to Christian missions and your church than you leave to your family. Leave a memorial to the Lord. Next thing Jesus did. Oh, by the way, God bless a lady who is 103 years old who left uh, us, the pastor study, in her will so that now we're going to be able to probably to expand and reach even more people. So find something to leave in your will for the Lord. Next thing Jesus did to prepare for his death, he said his goodbyes. Listen to Jesus say goodbye to the disciples in John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. Peace I leave with you. You heard me say to you that I will go away and come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father. And now I have told you before it takes place, I will no longer talk much with you. If you die suddenly, you can't do that. But if you know you're dying, Jesus knew he was dying. He took time to say goodbye to his friends. There was a Jewish Christian by the name of Joseph Flax. He became a pastor and he had this postcard mailed out to his friends the day he died. This is to announce, I moved out of the old mud house. I arrived in glory land instantly. I am absent from the body, but at home with the Lord. I find his promised pleasures evermore. We'll look for you on the way up at the redemption of the body. Until then, look up. <laughs> J.P. Morgan, American millionaire, said goodbye in his will. Quote, I commit my soul into the hands of my Savior in full confidence that having redeemed it and washed it in his most precious blood, he will present it faultless before the throne of my heavenly Father. William Shakespeare said goodbye in his will. I commend my soul into the hands of God, my creator, hoping and assuredly believing through the only merits of Jesus Christ, my savior, to be made partaker of life everlasting. So somehow, some way, if you're able to, Say goodbye to people. Uh, I, I, I knew a person by the name of Tom. He knew he was dying. So before he died, he made a five-minute video. I went to Tom's funeral. There's Tom for five minutes preaching at his own funeral, telling people, I'm with the Lord, but I want you to know Christ too. I mean, it was just, it was powerful. So Jesus said his goodbyes. 
fifth thing Jesus did to prepare for his death, and this is the big one. He knew where he was going. Do you know Jesus' last words on the cross? Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Jesus knew he was going to God the Father in heaven. Do you know that? Let me ask you the big question regarding death. If you died right now, do you know where you will be spending eternity? Years ago, before I was a pastor, there was an evangelism program where the church would send people out two by two to visit the visitors of the church. And we'd go into their homes and we'd ask two questions. Number one, if you died tonight, are you sure you'd go to heaven? And number two, if you died and stood before God and he said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And we discovered lots of people, oh, I hope I'll go to heaven, I don't know. But then we sell them, well, you can know, according to the Bible. But then, why do you think you're going to heaven? Oh, I hope I've been good enough. And we explain, you haven't been good enough. You're a sinner. You deserve hell like me. It's only by Christ's death and trust in Christ that we will be saved. So I had a, an older gentleman, Mr. Swanson was, was the leader of him. He and I would go into the nursing home and visit the older people of the church. One night, we went in to visit a very old Swedish lady. Well, Mrs. So-and-so, we're here to, to share the gospel with you tonight. If you die tonight, are you sure you go to heaven? She goes, oh, if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. Well, well that's right. And, and, and if you did die tonight, are you sure? Oh, if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. I don't think we even got to the second question about... <laughs> How do you make sure you go? I mean, and I can remember we left and Mr. Swanson turned to me and said, I think she gets it. <laughs> My question for you is, do you get it? Do you understand you can't get to heaven by being good because you're not? It's only by Christ's death on the cross and resurrection and by faith in him that we will be saved. There's an old hymn and one stanza goes like this. When I draw my final breath, when my eyelids close in death, when I draw my final breath, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. So let's review. Here's what I would ask you to do. Number one, accept the fact that you're going to die like Jesus did. Number two, provide for your relatives, but especially provide for them spiritually. Number three, leave a memorial. I hope you send a big check to missions or to your church in your will. Uh, Fourthly, say your goodbyes if you're able to. And then number five, make sure you know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, get on your knees tonight and say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Come into my heart. I'm going to follow you. Then find a good Bible preaching church and go every Sunday. That's how Jesus, and I hope you, prepare for death. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study, study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insight 
To answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, if a person believes in Jesus, but they can't be sure where they're going when they die because of certain things they've done in their past, can anyone really be sure? Yeah, can you be sure where you're going to go, or do you have to wait till you die to find out? And Jackie, I'll say this. Um, first of all, for this person, if because of sins in their past, they're wondering if they can be saved and go to heaven. Uh, sure, we're all, we all have sin in our past. That's why Jesus died on the cross. So this person needs to trust in Christ's atonement for the forgiveness of their sins. And if you still can't get assurance, talk to somebody about it. I mean, I, I had a lady, Jackie, who called me, and she said, Pastor Brock, 50 years ago I had an abortion, and I just wanted to talk to you about it. Well, you know, I wish she would have done that 50 years ago, just to get that off of her conscience. But so, And, and here's the thing, though, Jackie. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm sure I'm going to heaven. Not because it depends on me, because if it depended on me, I wouldn't be sure. I know I'm going to heaven because it depends on Christ. And sometimes people say, well, isn't it arrogant to say you know you're going to heaven? Well, it is if it depends on me. But if it's not dependent on me, then it's not arrogance. It's trust in someone else. So if, if it was a, a, a good works thing, it would be arrogant. But because it depends on Christ and not on me, you can be sure. I get this from 1 John 5.13, a verse that changed my life. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So you can know through faith in Christ where you're going to spend eternity. Okay, do you have any advice for people on how to prepare, uh, pre-planning their funeral? Their funeral. You know, Jackie, uh, I, I gotta practice what I preach. I have not done this, but I, I need to do this. I, I'm working on my will, and I'm working about where my possessions are gonna go. But I haven't done this yet, but I need to, and you need to probably. Write out what hymns you want, what scriptures you want, if there's a poem you want, you know, and then write that down, give it to your child or husband or whoever is going to be uh, doing that. And that way you can have some input on what people hear when they go to your funeral. So I think, and you give it to your pastor or whoever, but Jackie, 95% of people don't plan at all and they just leave it to the kids. I think it's better if you plan something. Okay, well, I'm not sure where this question came from, okay. but is it okay to leave my spouse and children all my money? Who else should they leave it well, to? Well, I, I think you can leave it to your church. I think you can leave it to Christian Mission. Uh, a 103-year-old lady left this ministry, the pastor's study, a good amount of money, so now we're able to expand our, our TV show. So I... I, if I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't let, leave my children and my spouse everything. I'd leave some to to Christian ministry, maybe your church. Yeah. Well, what are some good missions to which people should give yeah. money? I don't know if the, these people saw this show, but recently we had a missionary on here, and as I'm thinking about preparing my will, I said to him, because he's an expert, if I want my money to go not to a greedy relative and not to the government, but if I want my money to go to the Lord when I die, I said to him, where would you give your money? What are some real reputable uh, Christian ministries that are really bringing people to Christ? And, I'm, and you might want to write this down or Google this. One was a group called The Timothy Initiative. And you Google that, you'll get their address and put it in your will. Uh, they help people come to Christ in Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist lands. The Timothy Initiative. The other one was called 
Reaching Unreached Nations, R-U-N, Reaching un Unreached Nations, bringing some Taliban people are coming to Christ through Reaching Unreached Nations. And then the third one is just called G-A-C-X. G-A, I don't know what the words are, but that's a good B overall. G-A-C-X, he says it's a really good place to leave your money for missions. And then there's, Jackie, there's this ministry called The Pastor Study. People can do that too, because we're very frugal with people's money. In fact, one of our donors said to me recently, Tom, I know you're frugal with our money. I've seen the car you drive. <laughs> so there you go. A loved one died suddenly, and I didn't have time to ask their forgiveness for something. I'm feeling guilty. Is there any advice for this person? Yeah, let's say you were at odds with, we'll say, your mother, and she died suddenly. And so there you go, mom's funeral, and you two had bitter words and hadn't talked for three months or years. What do you do? Well, you can't do anything, so you gotta forgive yourself and not kick yourself. It might therapeutically help you to write a letter to your mother as if, you know, mom, I wish we would have done this or that. If that helps therapeutically, fine. But forgive yourself, don't beat yourself up, and move on. Okay, Tom, if a person wants to send a family member or family in general, you know, a salvation tract, mm -hmm. is there a tract that yeah. you recommend? Yeah, I talked in my sermon about how I sent that to my relatives before they died. And let me give you a few options. You can go to the Christian bookstore, or you can go online to Good News Tracks, T-R-A-C-T-S, Good News Tracks. And here's a good one called one minute after you die about how to make sure you spend eternity in heaven instead of hell through faith in Christ. Uh, this is a good one. A very popular one is called The Four Spiritual Laws. That's what I sent to my aunts and uncles. But um, again, go to Good News Tracks, look through the Salvation Tracks, or go to a good Christian bookstore. They normally have a little pamphlet section where you can find. Jackie, I, when I go to the airport, I give the Uber driver one of these. When I'm sitting on the airplane, I stick them inside the magazine. What's uh, their reaction <laughs> when you do that? I just um, you know, when I give a Uber driver one of these, I get, first of all, I give him maybe three bucks as a tip, not to sweeten the pot, and then I, I, I hand this to him amidst the three dollars, and they'll normally say, oh, thank you, and that's about it. <laughs> but, you know, leave it at the, at the restaurant, but leave a good tip, but get a mitt full of these, and I'm giving these out now more in my old age than I ever have before. Tom, you had some other questions that have come yes. in that I think we maybe should try yep. to get out of the way because we have people that send them. Right. We get questions from people. Uh, is masturbation a sin? And this person says pornography is uh, because of lust, but is masturbation? All right. I'm going to give you my opinion on this. Is there a clear Bible verse that says masturbation is a sin? The answer is no. Some people think Onan in the Old Testament when he spilled his seed on the ground, but that's not really talking about masturbation. It's about not him raising up children for his brother. So that's, here's my, here's my 10 cents. I think masturbation is a sin. Uh, because when you do it, you know, Jesus says if you're lusting in your mind, you're committing adultery. And most people don't masturbate to pure images. Let's put it that way. So I, I believe it's a sin. Now, it's a forgivable sin, and it's a sin that is very common, but if you do it, repent, ask for forgiveness, and move on. But I would fight it. I would battle it, because I don't think it's healthy for you. 
All right, here's another question that came in. Wasn't that a fun one? Here's another one, Jackie. Um, cremation. Does God say anything about it in the Bible? We're, we've been getting this question a lot lately. Well, I think it's because there's so much more advertising for cremation oh. services than there used to be in the past. And I th and now we're, the, the, this TV show is on all over the country, but I think a mortician told me in Minnesota now, maybe it's more than half that are being cremated. And I'm, so I'm going to give you my opinion on this. Is there a Bible verse that says you can't be cremated? The answer is no. But I just, we just had a, 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 a former Muslim who's now a Christian. He says, I hate the thought of, of, of cremation. Like you're going to burn your body. Isn't that symbolic of something you don't want to symbolize? And, and so here, here's my 10 cents on this. I don't want to be cremated. The history of the Christian church has not been in favor of cremation because we want to witness to the resurrection of the body. So bury me, put me in the ground. Now, can God put cremated people back together for Resurrection Day? Of course he can, and he will. The Bible talks about people who died at sea being resurrected. Well, they've rotted years ago, so God will somehow put us all back together. Um, I'm not saying it's a sin to be cremated, but personally, I'd rather side with what Christians have done for 2,000 years. Yeah. Tom, we've got about one minute all right, left, and good. not even that. Yeah. So, so you so want to close? Well, let me, yeah, let's do this, everybody. I just... Uh, Jackie and I have been doing this show for a long time. Uh, we've been doing this show since 1988. And just, um, we had a, a good year last year, so now we're expanding. People give us their money so that we can reach more cities. And we just want to thank you that are praying for this ministry, that are giving to this ministry. If you will go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, pastorstudy.org, you'll see how to support our ministry. More importantly, you'll see this TV show that we just did on that website. We've got like maybe a hundred TV shows that you can watch for free on that website. So if you think somebody needs to see this message, just send them to pastorstudy.org. Again, you can contribute that way. But Jackie, we used to be on just in Minneapolis. And we've broadened. Yeah, now we're on all over the country. Anybody that gets DirecTV or Dish Network gets our station, gets our show. But then we also buy local time in about 12 cities. If you go to pastorstudy.org, you'll see all the times and all the places we're on. So we do ask you and we thank you for all the prayers, for the giving. Uh, it's, it's heartwarming to go through your mail. Lots of, you know, with the how blunt we are about abortion, homosexuality, and that Jesus is the only way to be saved. You think we get a lot of hate mail, and we get some, but overwhelmingly people say, thank you, Pastor Brock, for taking a stand. So that's our ministry. Why don't you wrap it up and say goodbye to everybody there, Jackie. Well, thanks for joining us today. We pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, 
two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study. P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week. <laughs>